one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Normally, Dad and I don't do this, but in breaking news, there is something going on in Bondi. Specifically, emergency services were called out to Bondi Junction uh, to a street called Spring Street, which Dad and I are both very familiar with. At about 8.30 because there was a man sitting in a car and apparently he'd been shot. Now, Dad, this story is unfolding as we speak. There was a press release, uh, like a bit of a press junket thing. Junket. Not a press junket. (laughs) There was a statement made by Detective Superintendent Danny Doherty and he said, and I quote... The shooting this morning bears the hallmarks of an organized crime murder. He's a major player. He obviously had a big target on his back. Dad, could you please walk us through exactly what has happened and what continues to be happening right now at Bondi Junction in Sydney's East? Mm. Okay, so firstly, I mean, where do I start? I could start by saying that pretty well every single weekend Mm -hmm. for the last... hmm, I guess 10 years, Christine and I go to that street to have sushi. And during COVID, that's the street we went to, down from the sushi place to have our COVID injections. So if we had have been having a COVID injection this morning, yeah, around about 8.30, I reckon... We may well have heard the gunshots. And it's an exciting case. And as you say, we... I mean, how many times have we ever done a second loose ends? I think this is the first time. I think we've done one once before. The reason this is so pertinent, though, the reason I felt the urgent need to chat about it, partly because, Dad, it's happening right now. Mm. Also, it's in a part of Sydney that you frequent. And I, I just went, that's a little weird. But... Let's be honest, there have been more than passing mentions of Sydney underworld figures given your proximity to King's Cross. And mm, yeah. the whole the whole thing felt a little bit timely. But can we walk through um, exactly mm. what happened this morning? Okay, so around about 8.30am today, a, a male person was seen initially what appeared to be um, just resting or sleeping. Mm-hmm. In a car. Um, he lived in a block of apartments, and he. This is in the basement of the uh, building, in the car. So park. underground car parks. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
if you're going to do a hit <clears throat> on someone, I don't think you can get a better place because generally speaking, there are no cameras and it's quiet. The preparation that would have gone into this hit is from one perspective, exceptional. You have to give credit where credit's due, no matter what side of the fence you're on. When you're going to take someone out, you're going to take them out not to cause them pain or, you know, severe injury. Uh, at the end of the day, the brief is going to be to take the life from that person. In other words, to execute, to kill, to murder. And you only get one chance. And interestingly, in this particular case, the police believe, although it's only early days, but I feel as though I can sort of relate to a lot of this, is that there were two hitmen, hitmen, hit people. Not not out of the realms of possibility that one was a woman, mm -hmm. but statistically, I'd give it an incredibly low percentage. So we're talking two males, bearing in mind that this particular person, a man in his 40s, was unofficially known as Australia's version of Tony Soprano. But not only that, Paul, uh -huh. today was his wife's 51st birthday. Is that, I assume that's a, is that a coincidence? It's Don't know, but, 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 but there's so much to unpack here. She, mm -hmm. who's been connected to other murders, forget the husband, she's an interesting person. She lives at the foot of the Blue Mountains. Um, and as people that know Sydney, we are surrounded um, to the west of our city, of our glorious city, with the magnificent Blue Mountains. And in wintertime, at the top of the mountains, it does snow. But interestingly enough, just last week, the wife's property, all the perimeter fences were electrified, which is fascinating. So they weren't, they were just normal fences and then they fitted them with electric fences, presumably because of some security concern. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Okay. So beef, beefed up security. Yep. And the now bearing in mind, listeners, and you're hearing this, like the time our lovely listeners will hear this, which will be, I guess, Paul, in about twelve hours from now. The no, they'll hear it now. Oh, really? Oh, fantastic. Well, okay, so you're... Uh, listeners, literally about. 20 minutes after this was recorded, it's being heard. So awesome. it's probably awesome. going to come out about 4.30pm on okay. the day of the murder. So. Love it. So although the police have not officially identified the victim, mm -hmm. his name ostensibly <laughs> through various yeah. sources is Alan Maradian, okay? who was described as one of Australia's... I mean, he was basically, as I said, the, the analogy being that the Tony Soprano, but he was also heavily involved with the cocaine trade and the um, Comanchero uh, bicycle. The bicycle, bicycle, Jesus, Paul. That is that has to be the the most the <laughs> sweet the bicycle gang, Paul. That is the loveliest, sweetest, possibly. Fuck, mate. That's so lovely. <laughs> this 
literally, it sums I'm you sorry. up. It sums I'm not you laughing up. about that. There's a, the, they put they put the um the playing cards in this box. It's really fucked up. No, the reason the Comancheros are an interesting thing to me is because we're driving through Hua Hin, which is um south of um Bangkok in Thailand, and it's where you and Mum spend a lot of your time. You have a holiday house there. It's you know it's a really special place to you. Mm. And we're driving past this temple down in the middle of town, and it's like a coastal village it's mm. not huge no and we round this corner and there's just a bunch of shop fronts and the one at the end with the roller doors down was the common was the it was the huahin chapter of the comanchero yeah <clears throat> not to, not to be fucked with paul no i know not i'm you not laughing I mean, at how can, terrifying they are yeah. yeah we can we can we can safely talk i'll just share something really lovely with you and the listeners sweet lovely Anne, who's on an island off the coast of um, Athens mm-hmm. texted me. She's so sweet, and this is this is live. It's real, no bullshit. She sends me a news clipping of this particular thing we're talking about. So, uh, she, so that it's that's the sort of the reach that this story is having internationally. Yeah, it's a significant story, and she's so lovely. And I said, Paul, so sorry. I said, Anne, we're on to it. And then she said, oh, Dad, make sure you and Paul are really careful talking about it. I'm, you know, we're talking gangsters. And, and I said, Anne, sweet. You know, we're not... Look, this is what we do. We're not, also, we, we're not saying anything that isn't in the papers no. or in the news. No. Um, but um, it's a fascinating story. Now, interestingly enough, and I think this is quite... Look, I've been an antique dealer on Value of Fine Art for a long time, Paul. And there are certain things you can do in this world if you're a let's let's just say you're involved with um, sort of nefarious underworld activities. Mm-hmm. There are things that you can do to let's say get rid of unwanted excess cash. And there are a few things you can do. One of them is you can deal in high-end watches mm-hmm. and also high-end jewelry. Get ready for this. Yeah. Meradian just last week set up himself as the sole owner and managing director of a gemstone company. Isn't that fascinating? Mm. Just, Just last week. My point being that if you wish to move large quantities of money and also trade in certain goods mm-hmm. gemstones are brilliant because they you can't follow the trail they they don't sort of mark diamonds with you know a, a diamond say a two or three carat diamond it's not unique if it's a flawless diamond, there are other flawless diamonds in the world. But yeah, if you want there's to, no, there's no, there's no like serial numbers or anything on no, that. No, they've tried to sort of introduce yeah. that, but I just don't think that's that's going to curry favour. It's an international um, currency, mm. and the good thing about gemstones is that you can turn them into cash instantaneously. Okay. So that's very, very interesting about this particular person, but. From from a police perspective, I think a couple of things. Firstly, they would have to have had this guy 
under surveillance. That's not the police. That's the the assassins mm-hmm. for a long time because you are at your most vulnerable when you come out of your apartment. You catch the lift downstairs, assuming he caught a lift and did not use the fire stairs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He hops into his motor vehicle. There would not be any... On the balance of probabilities, there would not be mobile coverage. Mm -hmm. Not one, but two people armed with, in my opinion, not rifles, but pistols for the mere fact that they're easy to conceal. They may have approached him from either side of the car to make sure that if the first shooter shooting through the driver window assuming that the windows were still up he may have then leaned and tried to make his way had the first shot not been a kill shot bearing in mind paul that if you are going to assassinate someone you're more than likely to shoot through the glass firstly you can see them you would probably be going for because it's very, very close range. We're talking both of the hitmen would have been within a metre or maximum, say, two metres of the victim's body. And if I was going to be one of the hitmen, I would not be shooting through the car door. They would be secondary and possibly later on type shots, depending on what... Because you can see the, the victim through the window unless he's got incredibly dark dark windows but you'd have to have some idea of what you're shooting at the person perhaps on the other side or maybe standing at the front of the car i don't believe anyone would have been standing at the back of the car that that doesn't make sense they shoot the person they decamp in two cars they believe it's two cars one car was found burnt out one of the cars is a porsche so these these are not sort of shitty little motor vehicles they need to be fast cars in case the police are onto it and a high-speed pursuit is, is going to happen. These people, uh, the offenders, need to be able to really get away super quickly. The best thing they can do once they've committed the crime, they then take it to a fairly quiet laneway, which is a standard procedure with these types of crimes. Mm-hmm. The best way they can destroy all evidence is to set the car alight. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right. One of the cars was destroyed totally by fire. The Porsche, the word on the street at the moment, as we speak only hours after this particular crime, is that they attempted to burn the second vehicle. It's just an extraordinary, well-executed, well-planned, well-thought-out event. One then has to ask oneself, and this is one of the things the police will be talking about, is was the information about his whereabouts given to the assailants from someone within the organisation? Very interesting point to make. And, of course, the big question, why was he killed? Was it a territorial dispute? Mm -hmm. You know, the the whole cocaine scene, it's since we've been doing these podcasts, Paul, for almost, well, shit, we're in our fifth year. Oh, my God. (laughs) One of the real problems I have with cocaine, it's not the drug for, and I'm going to say it sort of very openly and honestly, it's not for the underprivileged. It's not the poor people. It's the mm-hmm. big end of town using cocaine. And, and I find that really upsetting and problematic. If you want to talk about the types of occupations, and we'll get no blowback on what I'm about to say because people know that what I'm about to say is it's true. And that is that it's... I mean, well, let's just say that your sister, Anne, worked at a very famous restaurant once and there was a Christmas party and it was basically being held by one of the big media organisations. Anne said that the bathrooms looked as though someone had come in and thrown flour everywhere. <laughs> and Anne's not one to exaggerate, is she? Dad, it's a, it's a, it's a completely fucked industry and it's you're right. It is it's, the, it's, the, it's the drug of the rich and it's the drug of the people who, who don't um, feel like they're going to get in trouble. Because okay, they so are. these people, the, and, and also the legal world and the yep. finance world, these people, and some of them may well be our listeners, but I'm just going to say this, the people that are using cocaine are feeding the lifestyles of these people, but also they're complicit in these types of events, as can be seen today. This is the this is the culmination of, of what this grubby business, you know, what it's about. Yeah. And A lot of, um, if you look at how it's made, it is the most, I mean, from the moment it's like, uh, you know, harvested to the moment it's actually inhaled, it leaves a trail of human wreckage in its wake, which really, it's incalculable. Um, hmm. And it... And it does just end up in the noses of the richest people around. So it's interesting that we have here the the end point of someone's life. And I'm not. Please, listeners, we're not celebrating the death. We never no. celebrate the death of anyone. Doesn't matter who they are. Mm. Um, all we're saying is this is. It's interesting that this is a. I mean, this guy's wife was basically in an email, basically saying, "Can you please start being a little more inconspicuous about our wealth? Because mm. what you're doing is you're just you're being too." showy and you're going to something's going to happen mm. right um yes she said here she said here do you see sony tony soprano doing that he doesn't care who people think is the mo- the boss money is his number one priority you on the other hand want the attention you get a big head you love it people like that won't survive mm. Mm. Yeah. now paul let's just 
let's come back to basics here for our our hardcore fan base, our listeners that love listening to what we talk about. And mm-hmm. let's just go through the procedure which will not be talked about in the media. What they will say today and over the coming days, both here and internationally, they will say that at a certain point in time, the offender was identified. But let's now go through the process of how that's done. And I don't think you can get anyone better to talk about that than me. This is what would have happened this this morning. Right. Once at a certain point in time, probably many, many hours, bearing in mind that the paramedics would have come in, mm-hmm. God love them to work on this person. Even if he appeared to be deceased, they would have opened the door, they would have got him out of the vehicle and they would have started to work on him unless it was very apparent. But, you know, from that perspective, I wasn't there. But at a certain point, the government contractor in their little white van would have been called. They would have conveyed this particular person to the morgue. At the morgue, they would have already organised for a fingerprint technician or possibly a fingerprint expert, take into consideration the gravity of this particular crime, that person would have made his or her way to the morgue. They would have been presented with the now deceased person. That that fingerprint person would have seen the gunshot wounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many gunshot wounds there were, but it would have been quite confronting. The person may or may not have have been naked. I don't know whether they would have cut all the clothes off by that stage, but ultimately, of course, for a post-mortem, and I'm going to sort of not put my reputation on the line here, but I am going to say, in my opinion, the post-mortem has already been carried out. If it hasn't already been carried out today, it will definitely be carried out tomorrow because they need to determine the cause of death. You can. It's all very well to say, oh, gunshot wounds, but there may or may not be more to it. Back to the fingerprint person. Yes. They will have set up their equipment. They will have set up a standard New South Wales Police Force fingerprint form, the type of form mm-hmm. that you or I, if we were pulled over for, for example, drink driving, we would be taken back to the station, we would be f- part of it being charged... Mm-hmm. is we would be fingerprinted and photographed. And it's a standard form. There's no special form for, for dead people. And we would use, we, they would fold the form and they'd put it through what's called the morgue spoon and they'd ink up the fingers. So some technician today, on the balance of probabilities, has already inked up the dead person's fingers, fingerprinted them, and then what used to happen, and I'm not sure whether this happens now or whether technology sort of come in, but what what I used to do, because I've done this so many times, I would then get that magical, incredibly important piece of paper with 10 impressions on it. I'd then rush it back to the Central Fingerprint Bureau, sit down with the dead man's prints. I'd classify them come up with all the potential sort of parameters of, you know, what I'm going to search under because there are millions and millions of fingerprints. 
mm -hmm. on record and I would yep. do a manual search and you'd already have an idea. I guess it's a shortcut. What would have happened is that they would have had a name, a suspect, because he would have had ID on him. He would have had a driver's license. Chances are, because the homicide squad were there, they may well have just known who he was because of his notoriety. Yeah, that, well, that was one of the things during the press uh, conference. Everybody was saying, so we know who it is. Can we talk about the victim? And the, and the detective in charge was like, look, we haven't confirmed his ID Correct. yet. But yep. we can say that basically, you legally, you can't no. you confirm anything, I understand. Until it is 100% formal identification. Yes. And look, okay, they might get the wife. Interestingly enough, within one and a half hours this morning, mm -hmm. this is how good the media are. The media were camped outside her property at the foot of the Blue Mountains. Can you believe it? And they're waiting and they've actually got the, like a time chart of her movements. So she would have been informed. I mean, yes, they can do that identification by her going again to the morgue and they have her on the other side of the glass. They pull the blanket, just like in the movies, and she makes a formal identification. My strong feeling is they still would have gone with fingerprints because it's, it's, it's absolutely spot on. And maybe, I mean, what happens if the wife is so traumatized? Because it's a big thing to do, particularly within hours. I mean, it's pretty fucking heavy. Yeah. I think they probably would have done the fingerprints first as irrefutable evidence and then had her come in and, you know, say, yes, that is, um, you know, my, my, my partner. Um, once they've got positive ID, then... You know, that, that's good enough for them to go to the media. It's speculation at the moment, even though unofficially, because you'd have police today that would have friends within the media. You know, a member of the media, someone high profile comes up and says, oh, you know, look, John, you know, mate, come on, mate, we know who it is. And they might just, and they might, the media guy might say, oh, look, can you just give us a nod? And the police officer just nods. But it'll all be revealed very, very soon. But yeah. the thing about this particular case, Paul and listeners, it's the R word. And the R word is retribution. That's when things go, go awry. It's unusual in these situations for it just to rest because, happened. Yeah. you know, people are now going to go, well, hang on a sec, you've killed this particular person. Mm -hmm. Um and it can create a, a knock-on effect. And at the end of the day, the police are, I guess, primarily concerned with our safety, members of the public. I mean, it's one thing for it to take place in a car park, which is, in a way, secure, private, relatively safe from innocent bystanders. But these things can bubble... Hit the streets, you know. It's, I mean, Bondi Junction is an incredibly crowded, incredibly busy public hub. It's, it's, it's a public place. Um, no, it's, it's just, you know, and to know, and those residents that live in that particular building, yeah. To now know that they've had a hardcore, heavy gangster. Let's let's not beat about the bush here. A person that has 
lived on the proceeds of crime, who is well connected with the underworld, who is the underworld, I would feel very uncomfortable. Paul, think about you and Tegan in your building in Melbourne. How would you feel if you knew down the track that your neighbour had been gunned down because they were a cocaine dealer? Regular listeners will, or maybe will remember, the fact that the day Tegan and I moved in here, um, somebody died upstairs and... Do you remember that episode where we had... Oh my god! Mm. Incredibly intense, stressful, disturbing stressful. stuff, and that's and that's just with civilians. If we found out there was someone in our building at one point, I'm pretty sure there was a drug deal going on in the building, but we could, we couldn't confirm that. But that's different to having, you know, the so-called Tony Soprano of the Australian crime scene living on the premises. It's a you can't unring that bell, no. you know. And, it, and we've talked about this before. Knowing what happened where you live can change the way you feel about where you live. That's just the way it is, mm. you know. Yep, yep. So, Paul, I'm so pleased that you called me. Me too. too. I was surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've been following it. Christine's been sending me messages. Anne from um, some island off the coast of, I mean, just somewhere in Greece. Just, you know, she's already, that shows you the, the speed, the intensity and the significance of this particular case. Because let's face it, listeners, all the drugs, i.e. cocaine, they're coming from other countries. Mm-hmm. And the next time, dare I say it, any of our listeners do a line of cocaine, please at least, please give some thought to the backstory. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, and it's just fucked. It's not simple. It's, it's complicated. And now we've got, we've got a dead man in a Bondi parking lot. Uh, and this is a... Dad, this is a really, this is a complex story, but it's it's unfolding right now. We won't say any more because it's, like we said, it's an unfolding story. We don't know how this is going to pan out, mm. how it's affected various people's lives. But we really appreciate you all tuning in for this very special impromptu breaking news episode of Loose Units. We don't do this very often, but uh, we will. Oh, by the way, just a quick caveat, everyone. We will still be doing a Loose Ends on Friday. Don't Mm. worry. This doesn't cancel that Loose Ends. That just means as a special present for all of you this week, you're getting three episodes of Loose Units in your podcast feeds. Dad, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And listeners, we will see you at the end of the week for Loose Ends. Take care of each other and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Cheerio. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.